All right, it's Thursday night. It's a legal shift. You know what that means. It's first responder sports with me, John. I'm an I'm on dispatcher. Joining me is uh, Kiefer. He's a fireman, and we've decided to make an exception for him as a first responder. Tonight, we're going to talk about Vince McMahon, crime in the NFL, that Chiefs kid suing, and some other cool stuff. Tonight on Illegal Shift. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. The defender was just overpowered. Illegal shift on the kicking team. That penalty is refused. First down. Guns up, giddy up, Wolfpack. Thanks for listening to Failure to Stop Illegal Shift. It's the most Thursday show on the network. We appreciate you watching. I'm John. Like I said, joining me is Jason Kiefer. He's a... a fire lieutenant at a fire department, not in Cincinnati, but somewhere suspiciously close. Did I get it correct this time? I think last time I said you were in Cincinnati. <laughs> you nailed it. Suspiciously close. I did uh, get a letter from the Cincinnati Fire Department, which disavowed any knowledge of you and your actions. So it's unusual that a that a major city fire department would actually reach out to me and email me and say, Kiefer's not one of ours. But that's okay, because uh, uh, you, you, uh, you definitely do work for failure to stop. Kiefer. Your life is an unending parade of tragedy. Since we're not going to discuss that on the air, how are you doing? <laughs> doing good, holding it together, <laughs> <laughs> trying to with yeah. your uh, with your optimism and <laughs> that you, you exude. For uh, those of you who don't don't know, uh, Kiefer's on another show. It's called uh, One More I'm Out of Here. Uh, he and Dan and Rob Herking do a show that's just about whatever. Unfortunately, we call Rob it Herking Bar, bar Talk. Yes, bar talk. They actually used to do it into a bar until the bar uh, had a gas leak in it that Jason Kiefer never detected for a year and a half, and it exploded. But Kiefer didn't turn around and look at it as it exploded, so it was okay. Uh, protected both his cool factor and possibly his vision. But anyway, uh, the bar exploded. But also, Rob Herking has uh, been dead for the count with uh, kind of an unknown illness, and uh, we're hoping that he gets better. But man, it's been some weeks, and... Uh, between the bar's uh, explosion, and some say emotionally it's still exploding, um, and Herking's uh, situation over there, uh, it's been kind of a rough go. And then, like, not to cheapen real life, because, like, real life matters more than sports. Sports are, like, the thing that we think about so that we don't have to face real life. Like, uh, you know, because, like I said, it's an ongoing parade of tragedy. Um so right now, without with football being over, the spring league's not even started. Baseball not starting up. It's pretty hard to find something that distracts you um, from the tragedies of real life. And it's just uh, it's a difficult time for all of us here. But we are soldiering on. We do it for you. Uh, we do it for the Wolfpack because you guys are pretty faithful fans. But let's also not kid ourselves. We also do it for Ghostbed. Folks, go over to Ghostbed. Use the offer code Wolfpack to save 40%. There are sponsors. You can go over there and uh, save 40%. Sleep so good, it's scary, according to Eric Tanzi, uh, the owner and operator of Failure to Stop. We appreciate them. You can go over and get uh, cooling technology, mattresses, pillows, sheets, anything that you would use to sleep at night. You can go over there and uh, you can buy that with the offer code Wolfpack50. Excuse me, Wolfpack. You can save 40% off. Uh, 0% down, 0% financing. Even if you have like Pac-Man Jones credit, you could go over there and, <laughs> and, and, and get a ghost bed. Uh, we appreciate it for supporting Failure to Stop. 
go over there, folks, and uh, check it out. Uh, like I said, have said before many times in the past, as a failure stop listener, you can use that offer code. Then they know that you're listening. They know that we're a good audience. They will send us money. Uh, that way, uh, that way we don't add slavery to the list of Jason Kiefer's woes. Like, can you imagine? Like, his buddy is ill, and his favorite bar is gone, and and then now it's like, hey, just so you know, you're a slave for a little bit. Don't do that to him. Go over to ghostbed.com. Use the offer code Wolfpack. Also, this show is brought to you by Factor Meals. I know you eat. Don't lie to me. How dare you lie? How you're eating dare every day. You? You're, you're eating every day and you're at home. I don't know why you don't combine these things. Go over to Factor Meals. Use the offer code Wolfpack50. You could save half off the start. Fresh food's going to be delivered to your house. You're going to be able to throw in the microwave for two minutes if you're in a hurry. Feed yourself a delicious meal like what mom used to make. Or, you know, if you could, if you want to freeze them for your meal prep later in the week, that's fine if you wanted to do that, although this is fresh food. It also allows you to, like, program your diet. This is the time of year where people are starting to fall off of their diets because uh, we're almost heading into March here. Don't eat on a whim. Program your diet. Get the stuff that you need. Get it all delivered to your house. Take the guesswork out of it. Don't eat when you're, uh, or don't don't select your foods when you're hungry. Select them when you're thinking about what you want to eat. So that's what Factor Meals is good for. Over 300 options prepared by chefs. They got breakfast. They got everything over there. I love Factor Meals. Thanks again for supporting us as always. Kiefer, uh, let's start the show with the pinnacle of authentic sports. I'm talking, of course, about professional wrestling. <laughs> uh there's some claims right now. And by the way, I wonder if I got Vince McMahon's name spelled correctly on the screen. Uh, it looks like it. I Yeah, I believe uh, you looks, do. Uh, what, what? I had to put a question mark there, though. I said McMahon evil is what it says on the screen, but with a question mark. That way I can't be sued because I'm just asking if he's evil. I'm not claiming that he question. is. I'm not positive. Is he evil? I don't know. Uh, not that Vince McMahon would, he's obviously in enough trouble that he doesn't care that I exist. But folks, this is a classic way that you could get out of a lawsuit is just by adding punctuation to things. Um, <laughs> like, uh, like suppose you're running for political office, mayor in a small town, right? Uh, you know, and, uh, like, like Dan Carroll, suppose you're running for, for mayor of, uh, uh, I don't remember the name of the place you live, Cooperstown Township or whatever it is, Kiefer. Uh, suppose you wanted to run for for mayor of that, even though you probably have like a city ma- city city board and manager. But suppose you were running for mayor, and you're running against Dan Carroll. You apparently did not take civics class at all. I'm about to. So <laughs> suppose you're running for mayor, and you're running against uh, you're running against Dan Carroll for mayor. You could post anything you want about him. As long as there's a question mark, for example, right. you could put you could put flyers under people's windshields and on their door hangers, and it says "Dan Carroll pedophile?" Question mark. <laughs> as long as it has the question mark, you're not making a claim. You're just worried. You're just expressing a worry, which is a First Amendment thing. And Dan Carroll cannot sue you as long as that question mark is on there. Well, that that's how we are. That's how we are on the podcast, anyway. I just I just do like a, a Ron Burgundy. I'm like. You know, and Rob would always ask at the end of uh, every every podcast, Dan, do you manscape? So if yes. you turn your head and you and you you raise the inflection of your voice, that's mm-hmm. showing that you're asking a question. Anyway, I'm not as much of a lawyer as Herking, although the the <laughs> the line between the two of us is really one of formalities, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, I think as long as you throw a question mark, you're good to go. Uh, the feds are investigating 
uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon. And by the way, if you haven't seen the video where he just gets mad and then runs away, uh, <laughs> I think that might be how his interrogation with the feds will go, where he just gets more and more mad. And someone comes and whispers in his ear and he takes off his microphone and runs out the door. I, I should have brought up that clip. That would have been hilarious. If you wanted to talk about it, I could try to find it, Keith. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I don't watch, I don't watch WD, WWE wrestling much anymore if it's if i'm scrolling through i'm like oh who's wrestling and who are the wrestlers now growing up wwf and wwe were huge like, yeah as i was growing up hulk hogan ultimate warrior you know when the rock came in stone cold steve austin i enjoyed watching it but it wasn't like i mean i, I have a buddy of mine that as a grown adult male that is his deal so I kind of reached out to him. I said, hey, did you hear about this? I mean, obviously, I knew he did. But do you have any other articles? Because I'm I'm looking, but I'm driving, too. So send me something. But I saw this, and it actually went across the bottom. When I first saw that McMahon was apparently a alleged sex trafficker, came across the bottom of ESPN, which I thought was funny. Uh, you know, the ticker. The fact yeah, that WWE like is on ESPN. It's almost like they're validating him as a sport, right? Right. So I was like, well, I knew that. I mean, the guy seemed like a dirtbag, but you don't know what's an act and what's actually real and whatever. So, you know, started, you know, digging into it. But all the articles that I read and Drinking Bros kind of covered it too on yeah. how big of a dirtbag Vince McMahon is. Well, you know, there's yeah, a difference. There's a difference between being a dirtbag and like being an actual sex trafficker, which, by the way, what does sex trafficker mean? Like, that's like our, our hot button word for like the worst thing that you could be other than racist, like you're a sex trafficker. Uh, what we used to call this was being a pimp, which is still bad. But like, at least in the 90s, I don't know how it was for you growing up in Ohio, but like being a pimp was like a cool thing to be. I guess I knew this because I was definitely not a pimp. Um <laughs> I'm still like, if for all legal purposes, not a pimp. Like, if you wanted to call me a pimp, it would say, you know, Jonathan Pimp with a question mark, and like that's as close as you would ever get. Uh, let's let's see what uh, former wrestler uh, WWE star uh, Ryback says, and I don't know who these people are, no idea. Uh, but uh, the superstar Ryback sent News Nation an exclusive statement calling McMahon evil. I don't think that that person used a question mark. A lot more is going to come out. Quote, Vince McMahon will go down as one of the most evil human beings to have ever existed. Now, I got to pump the brakes on that. That is exactly, like, that's got, exactly the quote that I was going to bring up to we you. We got Hitler. We got exactly. Stalin. And like Saddam Hussein. And it's like, we can go down a lot of lists of some really evil people. Like there's some. This is, like, this is why I love this though, John, because I was thinking. But All like, what about those like, names when I read? But that. what about like BTK, that serial killer? Like he was pretty evil. He like raped like sixty women, and killed like a dozens of people. And How about we're a couple people that that flew planes into into two fucking buildings in two thousand one. Oh, too hot, Keith. Too They're soon. pretty evil. They're pretty evil. So my problem is, you know, as, as you could tell from us, we're already kind of like we don't like the hyperbole, right? Like saying he's going to be one of the most human hu evil human beings ever. The, uh, this is going to be a pretty huge allegation. You pretty much have to be, make the WWE a, uh, you know, like a 40 year sex trafficking organization to, to meet that claim. Anyway, and there is far worse to come out on him and many others still in the company who also knew of much of his activity. 
It's all going to come out if they keep looking. They've hidden everything with non-disclosure agreements. Okay, uh, I am not a lawyer, but I can tell you right now that a non-disclosure agreement is a civil thing that cannot it cannot stop you from disclosing a crime. An NDA doesn't prevent you. No, no judge can enforce an NDA in which a person is prevented from disclosing a crime. If someone has been sex trafficked or if any kind of crime has occurred, really a crime of any level, an NDA cannot cover that up. You cannot have someone sign an NDA saying that you won't disclose criminal information. Why? Because failure to disclose a felony in many places is a felony of itself. Where I live, it's called misprision of a felony, which is just a word of saying of just saying you fucking kept that shit to yourself and you knew about it. <laughs> failure to report a crime uh, is not going to be covered by an NDA. And what happens when you're in, in a violation of an NDA? Uh, you might be liable to being sued, right? So suppose you have criminal information, like suppose you knew Dan Carroll, question mark? Suppose <laughs> you knew Dan Carroll was a pedophile, question mark? Uh, suppose I I knew this, I was in Dan's house, I saw some shit I didn't want to see, stuff I could never unsee. But I had, but Dan made me before, had me sign an NDA before going over to his house saying I wouldn't disclose anything I saw there. I go to the cops immediately because I'm definitely doing that. And so Dan, you know, on his way to, to you know, federal prison for the rest of his life is like, hey, I had you sign an NDA, pal. And you're going to be paying for my cigarettes and my soups for the rest of your life. A judge is going to look soups. at that NDA. <laughs> pay for my precious soups. <laughs> A judge is going to look at that like, uh, yeah, your NDA is, uh, there's no such thing as an NDA that prevents people from reporting crime. So we're talking about this guy, this person, Ryback. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Uh, but them claiming that and that non-disclosure agreements cover up crimes is preposterous. So uh, I'm more suspicious of Ryback at this point than I am of Vince McMahon. I see Vince McMahon as somebody who's probably a sleazeball, but he's got a lot of money and he's probably a lot of enemies. Because, like, how do you get to that point, particularly if you are a sleazeball? Uh, and there's a lot of people who want to get money from him. We all know that the easiest way to cash out in this world is to... Uh, accuse someone of a crime they didn't commit and then uh you know offer a settlement to them in which it will make it go away and which is chump change to someone like vince mcmahon obviously a very wealthy person willing to settle things to make things go away he probably like has like a minimum amount where just the lawyer just deals with it vince mcmahon's like yeah if somebody accuses me of a crime or sues me for anything more than 50 million you could call me but if it's less than that you know just just negotiate a settlement with them and and there's so they're just possibly looking for payouts I don't even know any more details on this. I don't know what's going to come out with Vince McMahon. I don't know if there's going to be some kind of smoking smoking gun or bombshell. All I know is, is that the claim that everything's being covered up with NDAs is uh, pretty preposterous because uh, people are free to go to authorities to report crimes and they will not be held liable civilly for doing that. Otherwise, there would be no criminal justice system. You know, because powerful people would just use NDAs to cover up everything all the time. And I know what you're saying. Well, you know, the, the rich elites often, you know, don't go to prison, but sometimes they do. So just remember that. Um, so so I, I know that, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that the WWE is an actual sport. I think it is an, uh, an entertainment avenue. It shouldn't be on ESPN, you know, going across the no. ticker, but that's, but that's why I shot it to you. Cause this is, I mean, it's, it was a hot button item, obviously they were talking about, but there, there's some other, there's some other shit that is alleged. I'll make sure I say alleged 
that uh, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, was aware of some of this. But I don't know if you remember Brock Lesnar, UFC fighter. Yes, I remember him, but he was also a, he also played for the Vikings. He played for the Vikings, NFL player, UFC fighter. Went I think into, he was an Olympian, too, wasn't he? Maybe yeah, he, he was a, maybe, the wrestler. Maybe he, maybe he should have just been an Olympian. Anyway, Brock Lesnar, and, go ahead. And, and it, well, his daughter looks just like him, which is scary. But sure. allegedly, McMahon, there's, uh, uh, what was her name? Try to find it. Sorry. That's okay. I'll read. I'll read what federal authorities are doing. Federal authorities are now investigating sexual assault and sexual trafficking allegations against McMahon, according to the federal lawsuit. Janelle Grant, yes, who worked at who worked at the company's headquarters, alleged that McMahon sexually exploited her and attempted to traffic her to other WD, WWE employees. What does that mean? Someone tried to traffic her. It's like he would have to own you in order to do that, or like he's setting up something. So very so supposedly and. In July of 21, the suit said McMahon instructed Grant to create personalized sexual content for a WWE superstar that he was trying to re-sign. That was Lesnar. The mm -hmm. suit didn't name the professional wrestler. It ended up coming out after this, but but described as both a UFC fighter and a WWE talent. People familiar with the, the matter identified the wrestler as Brock Lesnar. He, he literally told her, you need to text him. And I need I need you to hook up with him. She texted him, which to me is a little bit weird. So, like, if you're uncomfortable with it, why would you even reach out? And so then Lesnar Lesnar says, I need you to send me a video of you peeing. She hey. sent it. She sent it. And then he just said, you bitch. And that was it. People are very strange to me, Kiefer. People I know are that, so fucking weird. I know that this is kind of like how you and all of your friends behave, but it's like this is never, I have never understood any of that. Uh, just to kind of try to be fair and balanced here, because like I know nothing about this. Uh, Vince McMahon, uh, he did step down as the president of TKO, which is the parent company of Actually, WWE. John, John, let me let me walk that back. Let me walk that back. Because, no, no, I, I want you to kind of be out on a limb lawsuit wise. I don't want you to be able to walk it back. <laughs> well, Did you put I, I put in a question qu marks I, I like I told you after it. Okay, it I said put it that December McMahon gave Grant's personal cell phone number to WWE star. The lawsuit said uh, the wrestler asked her to send a video of her urinating. Uh, after she did, he called her a bitch. That same month, the suit said the star expressed a desire to set a play date. What adults set play dates? Question mark? Throw it in question at any mark. point. Question mark. Question mark. Um, is, we should rename this the Ron Burgundy episode. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, yeah, well, I like I said, like you—that's just a good way to get let out of lawsuits. It's just, and, and, there's and just no one, there's just no one so listening to this should take this as actual legal advice. Like that's how I'm going to protect myself. Like I'm a non-attorney yes. spokesman. Okay, um, do, do not follow my legal advice. It's like a the bad question. medication commercial. <laughs> The question mark thing is, has all just been a joke. This is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, I'm very, very worried that we are like stirring a huge lawsuit pot right now. Uh, I don't want to be lumped in with Vince McMahon. But uh, this, this is just one example, but uh, there, there's apparently many, many more that this that that McMahon was just completely being you know, being a tyrant of a boss and saying well you're going to do this if you if you want to get paid and you want to be re-signed with with our company and at the time that company was huge tons yeah. of money so if you want to be re-signed and and when they started bringing 
you know, uh, the women's wrestling in, I mean, you're, you're bringing, I mean, it, it's like selling candy to a baby mm-hmm. and, and, and there's many, many more allegations. And I said, allegations, Vince. So just settle down. I know that he listens to this show weekly. Well, he should. Uh, you know, the thing is, is like I would be more suspicious if this came out kind of at the height of the Me Too movement where all of a sudden everybody was disappearing because of, uh, you know, like guys like Matt Lauer and uh, Charlie Rose and all these other guys. All of a sudden they're just disappeared from the face of the earth because there's like substance to their allegations. We're a few years after that now, and I'm not saying that 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 kind of like hysteria or McCarthyism has gone away, uh, but. I'm I'm much more suspicious of Vince McMahon that he could be involved in in something like that just based on his character. I don't like Bob Costas at all. But if you ever wanted to see like an interview for the ages, uh, go on YouTube and watch the Bob Costas Vince McMahon interview because Bob Costas, first of all, is a terrible journalist. Uh, he's very liberal. Uh, he's not. He his bias is very evident. But he hates he hates Vince McMahon. And when you watch Bob Costas interview Vince McMahon, it's very obvious that he hates him the entire time. But Vince McMahon's response to that kind of shows you a lot about who Vince McMahon is. And uh, that's what makes me think that, you know, you just you just never know. And, and and money just corrupts. So we don't have to really make it about like, what is the character of Vince McMahon? You know, uh, because I think a lot of people in his position just very frequently uh, dabble in, in bad and in bad and possibly evil things. I just doubt that he's one of the most evil human beings on the planet. I have to see a lot more. According to the lawsuit, Vince McMahon also used sex toys on the victim, causing injuries. All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> well, fuck, man, I don't. We're trying to keep this like this. Is I mean, to be an uplif- uplifting show. I'm still not putting him at, at Hitler status, though. I agree. No, with you Hitler there. had like ovens that he put a whole race into. That's still worse. Like, yes, both are absolutely. Bad. But this both guy's are still bad. Too. I don't have to put a question mark after I say both are bad. But let, let's not equivocate between some of the most evil men in history you know we'll see what comes out of this him stepping down it could also just be that he's 70 years old and he just doesn't he might have a fuck this noise attitude towards this uh well i mean if i was 70 and i was still running a corporation and i had to deal with shit like this particularly if it was not true i might just retreat to private life uh, for something I mean, for something coming a little bit later check your phone oh uh i will check it right now how very uh very dis- indiscreet or discreet well, well oh not- you have you're not I know at... that he's your friend. I know that he's your buddy. I'm I know. Not gonna, it would I'm be a gonna... good graphic to throw up. I thought it would be humorous, but all right, oh, I'll just sit here. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, well, well <laughs> no, now you have to talk while I upload the graphic. <laughs> all right. You guys remember our first episode? I know it went down in the history as one of the most memorable episodes ever. That Chiefs kid is uh, suing. Do you guys remember the Chiefs kid? This was, goes all the way back to like right before Thanksgiving. Yet at the Las Vegas, Kansas City game, uh, the kid is seen in the red and black face paint uh, and the headdress. Um, Deadspin called him a racist, called his parents racist for sending him out and um, having him dressed that way. Famously, the news reports had him only uh, showing his face from one half, like what, like the black half of his face. It was kind of red on one half and black on the other, which I commented at the time was strange <laughs> because black is not a color of the kansas city chiefs but um so apparently they're suing uh keith i wanted to get your take on this some of you who know me know that i'm very very uh anti-litigation i generally don't like lawsuits i like to see things settled other ways um 
But when you have a reckless media just doing whatever they want to do to try to take down the NFL, to propagate actual racism in this country, um, to attack a little boy, uh, do you feel like a lawsuit is justified? Do you feel like this is like a, a good action for them to take to stop reckless media? In my opinion, uh, the only thing that used to stop yellow journalism, which is, you know, when a newspaper just printed salacious headlines to attack somebody to assail their character. The only way to stop that was by suing them for, for libel. Right. We could, you know, slander, spoken libel is in, in print. Uh, you know, now we're like in an era where, you know, mixed media is like, is it slander or libel? Either way, you know, defamation lawsuits. Do you think, uh, you know, that they have grounds here? Because like the kid. Uh, won't be able to prove that his uh, his reputation was damaged as a nine-year-old he has no reputation i don't think it'll be able to prove that his income was damaged because he doesn't have a job so like that's like the foundational purpose of most defamation lawsuits is that somehow it actually impacted your financial life that a lie said about you uh, reduced your business or uh, caused some other kind of measurable damages in your life when you're a nine-year-old you don't really have a life to damage Am I wrong? Question mark? <laughs> Question mark. I would I would love to have been a fly on the wall with any conversations that were had, you know, when this this media shitstorm hit. <laughs> Here's the kid on the screen, by the way. This is their appearance on News Nation. The kid is super pissed. He's like, I just found out what a racist is, and you think I'm one of those? The mom, by the way, uh, this is mean, but she kind of looks like uh, a little overly concerned, kind of full Karen mode. Uh, dad's like, I really don't want to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she may, but, she uh, made me bring the kid. But uh, to go away from the superficial criticism, they're all wearing Chiefs gear. So you just have to appreciate that. I, I'd be curious on the conversations that that the uh, you know, Deadspin's higher-ups had, because obviously you know that there was a conversation, you know, especially with as much media attention as it got. The kid's not suing. The fa- you know the parents are suing parents, because yeah. the kid can't sue. So, is this well, you, a day for the parents? Well, okay. okay I'll so, pose another question to you. Okay, because <laughs> I think you, it is obviously. You you let me know when you want me to answer the payday question. But is it is it now? Not now, not okay. yet. I'll let you know. But okay. I mean, there had to have been many conversations. Obviously, they didn't like the answers they were getting from Deadspin and and whoever else. May, may be named in the lawsuit because there's probably going to be others. You know, whatever media outlet posted that picture, I'm sure is probably named. I would guess. Um, I didn't even I didn't even see this. So when you brought it to me, I was like, oh, yes, we get to go back to the Chiefs kid. That's awesome. Because I did enjoy. That. Be I did enjoy that episode. Every episode would be about the Chiefs kid from now on. <laughs> but so you know, those conversations obviously stalled. So they felt that you know the, the legal recourse you know that they had was you know suing him. We are a very Sue happy, you know, society right now, which is unfortunate. And I, I'm with you. I would rather see stuff settled and just be done with it. It, it. It's a lot easier. But are the parents looking for a big payday at the the expense of their kid? Do Do you really honestly think, John, that that the kid got made fun of at school because he's supporting the team that probably most everybody in Kansas City? I'm assuming they're they're from there. They're supporting. That kid was like a national fucking icon. He was on TV and on the internet. All his nine-year-old buddies are like, 
Woo! So, it's, do you really it, think he he suffered anything through yeah. that? Yeah. I, is it possible for me for me to take nobody's side? Like we all know, I hate the national media. We hate we I hate the attempts to uh, make the NFL more racially sensitive or woke or sanitized or whatever. We all have all heard what I think about the Redskins situation, and we all know that the, the Chiefs are seemingly next because they have the most uh, overt a- embracing of what is more a more commercialized ideal of, of native American culture that doesn't really represent any kind of specific native American culture at all. I think it just represents all native Americans. I, I could see that the news media trying to make a thing out of this because they just to, to them toppling one more major, uh, you know, sports franchise would be a notch in their belt. Uh, yeah. and particularly, particularly for the, for the woke left. On the other hand, like, yeah, this family, they probably did, uh, as soon as somebody figured out who they were, I'm sure they were doxxed. I mean, in the article that I read, they appear by name. Uh, so it's like the little boy's name is out there. His picture is out there. They obviously don't mind appearing on News Nation. Um, I don't know what, what he went through. I, I, I'm sure some people did threaten the family or get angry at the family. You got to remember, like, your life could be ruined just by, like, one or two people. And there's enough nutbags out there who probably saw the report by Deadspin and saw them as uh, as radicalizing a child. And then they probably thought they were as evil as Hitler. You know, <laughs> like that's literally how people think. So, you know, they're going to have to prove in court that that their lives were made miserable, that they, they suffered uh, a loss of, uh, you know, quality of life or something. In terms of the payout, um, you know, to me, it's going to be very much what are they asking for versus what do they get? I think there is such a thing as punitive damages. I think if you ruin somebody's life and you and you do that without compunction and you do that without professionalism and you're a journalist and you don't care that like you're going after a nine-year-old and his family, uh, I think maybe there should be consequences for that. Unfortunately, the 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 company, Deadspin, is who will be made to pay. It's not going to be the attorney. On the other hand, Deadspin did approve, obviously, all you know, the editor at Deadspin is the one that approved the articles to go out with the ones that were submitting them uh, for distribution. I'd so Deadspin, curious, Deadspin's liable, but but I on that. What's the number? I mean, there's no way to say what's a fair right. number. I mean, and and that happens every day. You know, punitive damages, pain and suffering. I mean, how do you put a number on that, especially for a nine-year-old kid's image? Since you there's know, like it, no medical stuff, I would have to like really have to say like, did they have to move? You know, did they have to? Right. You know, I, and and I I would say it would be probably not even a million dollars because a year from now, um, you know, they're going to move on. No one's going to remember them except us because we're the chief's kid podcast. Um, and it'll be really nice because at some point they'll be so irrelevant that they'll actually appear on the show weekly. <laughs> I look forward to that day. Um, special know, guest spot. Yeah. Did you remember when you were nine years old? Yeah. Yeah. I'm 32 now, but man, when I was nine, I really went through it. You know, in November, that November 26 came. I got put I, through the ringer. You have no idea what I went through. So here's the problem. They're not, in my opinion, they're not, they're not entitled to much money in terms of damages for for what they went through. Although, question mark, because I don't I don't know everything that they went through. I don't know what kind of emotional right. damages they went through with uh, with people um, harassing them or or whatever. I, I would say sue the people who harass them uh, or go after the actual specific people that did that rather than than the deep pockets. Uh, but but I mean, so, be, being called a racist because I mean it, it's in quotes, and I remember I remember the article. Be, I mean, being labeled as a racist for just being in a stadium 
you know, painted up with a headdress on. That that could cause right, wrong, or indifferent with the way our society goes. You see it on TV; it's true, right? You, are you Just saying like you they assumed some risk by doing that? What's that? Are you saying that they assumed some risk by doing that? Deadspin if, did by by labeling him a racist. Oh uh, no, I I guess I completely agree with you. Then I was worried there that you were saying by dressing up a little kid in what is essentially a Halloween costume that they were ass- assuming some sort of legal liability. And I was about ready to part ways with you. No, no, uh, no, because no. no, they're just dressing up for a football game. Like, but you, uh, you you throw that label, you throw that label on, and and that's a hot button, obviously a hot button term that mm-hmm. people are going to grab onto. I mean, we I mean we saw it, everybody saw it. So, I mean, I think, I think they, I mean, they've got some grounds. I just don't know how you monetarily figure that out. No. And, and to kind of put it to bed, just so that we can move on, I guess, whatever they're entitled to is not going to punish Deadspin because that's a, it's a major media company. What, whatever they have coming to them to remunerate them for their damages you know, whatever that's been, will pay it out or, or settle. We just got done talking about Vince McMahon and how people charge after the big deep, deep pockets and then just cash out with the settlement. I'm Let's fine with honest. it. I, that's I, I, I has three lawsuits fucking pending right yeah. now. Three I mean, more. cause they're right. They're a media company. This probably isn't even their biggest one. So I say, you know, I guess pay the family cause, uh, cause you did attack them. Uh, but Deadspin's not going to learn anything from that. And uh, to be honest, it's kind of a crime. Speaking of crime. <laughs> I love the segue. That was perfect. I know. I'm so good at this. I wish I could just do a whole show that's nothing but segues. Like it would, it would never be any one topic. It would all just be transitions. <laughs> crime in the NFL. I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Why? Because I argue with my sister. It's actually the reason why I do everything I do in podcasts. Um, there's this big, uh, I believe there's a, a a miss, I don't know how I want to phrase this. I think there's a misconception about the NFL and that uh, people who play the NFL are tend to be criminals. Um, we It's always very sensationalized, you know, with uh, Von Miller and his domestic violence problems or that guy from uh, Las Vegas, uh, Ruggs, who uh, had the DUI that it resulted in someone being killed. Their, their cases always get a lot of traction. But I think, by and large, what we were taught in sociology class is that uh, crime is a is a reaction to poverty. That's what we were taught. I don't think that that's necessarily true. But basically, people are impoverished, and then they resort to crime, uh, rather to to further their drug habits, to uh, escape the 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 harsh realities of living in poverty, or to uh, innovate ways to to do income. You're talking about now. You're talking about people in the NFL who are all millionaires. Anyone who plays in the NFL is automatically a millionaire because of league minimums. And I wanted to put some of this into context. We're talking, of course, about Zay Flowers. His dimension violence, his domestic violence case has just been suspended. He may still be facing sanctions uh, by the NFL. I'll read briefly from uh, CBS Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens will continue to assess the situation as it unfolds after Baltimore County Police suspended a domestic violence investigation involving star wide receiver Zay Flowers. General Manager Eric DaCosta said Tuesday. The investigation stemmed from an allegation of a domestic violence assault that allegedly, question mark, unfolded inside an Owing Mills townhome on January 16th, question mark. No, no charges were filed in the incident, but Flowers may still face repercussions. The NFL's code of conduct for players says that even if a case does not rise to the level of criminal charges, pl- players are held to a higher standard and could still face punishment, including suspension. 
So I say that to my sister saying, you know, players out there committing crimes, they don't have to meet the standard of reasonable doubt in order to face serious consequences. And I think players that are already like, that are already not likely to engage in crime understand that if you have players that are likely to be criminals then you know they don't care about consequences anyway and it doesn't matter if you put this in the by the bylaws of the nfl or whatever before tuesday the raven snap commented beyond an initial statement several weeks ago saying they take these matters seriously which they have to uh because uh apparently there's so many domestic violence cases in the nfl uh the general manager manager elaborated about after about a question about flowers in a press conference on tuesday i did some research keith because i'm a sociologist I'm a scientist, and I found some uh, some data on the crime in the NFL. Interestingly, some of the deep data I was only able to find is 10 years old, which is sad. But uh, I also found some data from as, as updated as late as today that kind of still correlates with this data I found 10 years ago. And so I wanted to go through with you and uh, do, a, do a basically a gambling game. Do you want to do a fun game? It's basically over or under. I'm going Let's to go, go through types of crimes. And I would like you to guess over or under on whether or not NFL players are over the national average or under. Basically, is anyone who's in the NFL more likely or less likely to commit a certain crime than just a member of the public? And we're, we're talking about uh, just men of that age range, right? We're talking Ooh, about I like, men. I like this. I like this. We're talking about. Fly. We're talking about men like age 22 to, you know, now that thanks to Tom Brady, 49, you know, <laughs> um, Tom Brady's way above average. Actually, the, the average length of an NFL career is actually only three years. I think that's something that that uh, contributes to crime in NFL players, or particularly former NFL players, is that you get somebody who's, who's 22, 21, 22. They know nothing about life. All of a sudden, you give them more money than God. They don't have no idea how to invest it properly, uh, how to how to use that money. And then their NFL career ends abruptly because they don't, they're just not ready for that. They're not, they're not set up for a life after the NFL. They have no career to go to. They probably spent their money in irresponsible ways, like buying houses for their mom, which is nice, but not a good investment. And then, you know, do they kind of return to the, to the lives that they had before they were involved in high school sports or college sports? Did they fall in with the wrong crowd? Certainly there's tons of people who are going to gather around them to exploit them. Just like Vince McMahon and just like media agencies, there's people that are going to try to go after them for their deep pockets. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go through different kinds of crimes. And I would like you to say if the NFL NFL players are over or under. Do you understand the parameters of the game? I do. I got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, substance abuse. Are NFL players over or under the national average? Uh, I would say under. Oh, first miss. They're just over. Substance abuse NFL players is uh, 43.69%. Uh, that's the percentage of their total arrests, by the way, versus uh, percentage of arrests among people of the public, 31.65. So uh, men of playing age who are not in the NFL, 31% of their arrests are substance abuse related, whereas in the NFL, it's 43% or 43% substance abuse related. Just so you understand what numbers I'm throwing out there. I don't want someone to come back at me and say, you're just saying numbers and they don't make sense. Well, it's it's by percentage of arrests. I also want to say this about arrests because we're going to talk about arrests in a minute. Kiefer, I know that you know nothing about the law because you are just a fireman. But when <laughs> someone is arrested, it doesn't mean that they're guilty of a crime. Someone can be arrested 
and the charges can be dropped later because there's substantive, <clears throat> substantively no crime to prove. There's not enough evidence, or otherwise we just we can make, we cannot make heads or tails in our society about whether or not they did this. So this is all yep. based on arrests. This is not based on convictions. Everything that we're about to do is based on arrests. The only number that matters right now is Kiefer is zero and one. Damn it. Uh, normally, uh, you know, zero point one is your, normally your BAC, but I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, I feel like rude. I should get a rim shot. That's rude. For that. That's rude. Yeah. Well, you know. I, sh- I shoot for the stars, sir. <laughs> well, I just meant your average BAC. So, like, we're, we're taking the hours that you're asleep and not consuming alcohol. Just averages to point one. <laughs> oh, fuck me. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> I'm sorry. That would pew your character a little bit. Guess Kiefer's a great fireman, and he's sober almost all the time. Uh, assault. Uh, over. You are technically correct by these statistics, although in my mind it was a dead heat. 12.93% versus 13%. I mean, the margin between those two is so small. We're like, we might be talking about like one guy within the sample set, but you technically win that one. All right. General public versus NFL. NFL players are over or under on domestic violence? Under. Oh, Kiefer, way over, way, way over. God damn it. Just 0.96% of men in their, that age range are arrested for domestic violence, whereas NFL players, 12.22% are being God, arrested. I feel, like I, see, I, I feel like I see articles all the time, though. All right. I feel like maybe you're, you're failing because you don't understand the game. Like, you don't know which side is heads or tails. Is the, is the game confusing you? It's okay. No, I, it I, got, I got the rules. I'm just not, if I'm we, just not playing well. No, if we get to the end and you just got every single one of them wrong, we've just realized that you just you misunderstood the game and you actually got them all right. See how we could put a question mark at the end and then you still come out of that looking good? <laughs> Disorderly conduct. NFL players over or under? Oh, shit. Uh, Kiefer is going to say under. Oh, Kiefer. God damn it. NFL players, uh, 8.45% of arrests on NFL players are for disorderly conduct, only 3.91. I can tell you exactly why that is. There are so many more people drunk in the world on a daily basis versus NFL players. There's only so many NFL players. I don't understand that stat. I could tell you why, because a a disorderly conduct charge is like something that most police officers aren't going to charge someone with, right? If someone is out there being, being rowdy, whether they're intoxicated or not, a disorderly conduct charge is like uh, a misdemeanor charge that like is just covers a whole swath of things. So you have guys out there being disorderly. Well, they're also committing other crimes and they're being arrested on the basis of those crimes. Rather than disorderly I'm, throwing conduct. A flag. I'm throwing a flag on that one. An NFL player out there just being rowdy, and let's just say he's Terrell Owens and he's in the mall, and the mall security guard's telling him to pull up his pants or leave the mall. And Terrell Owens starts being like, Do you know who I am? I'm Terrell Owens. Or was that Chris no, Bryant that did that? That's where that's where I think that's where I think that one that one needs to be thrown out. Because yeah, if you're an NFL player, disorderly conduct, you're out in public, you're you're gonna get there are so many, so many people in this world that should, that should be charged with that. But art, I'm throwing a flag on that one. I just think, I I think NFL players are more likely to behave in cocky ways and kind of rude ways. And I think that that maximum and get singled out. Yes. But the maximum charge they will get for that is disorderly conduct, which is 
a low misdemeanor is not a big deal. Whereas I think the general public who are being arrested for, for disorderly conduct, I think that's the least of their charges. I think that in those instances of arrest, they're possibly also being charged with DUI or assault or all these other things. So I think we have some muddy water here that's that's casting NFL players to be overly disorderly. And I, I agree with you a flag on that one. So you got that right. one wrong, but I'm going to call it penalties offset. Okay, good, good, because I didn't want to be like Jill. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna argue about this right now. This will be our first fight, John. I would love to fight with you. Do you realize how much our ratings would go up if we just fought every week? We can we can start that. I agree. We should do that. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Joe to yell at me since since I brought her name up. We're not arguing Damn about it, Jill. Damn it, Jill. Uh, no, but if you watch sports shows on the like ESPN, like whether it's Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, they always fight for no reason. And I think that's what people want to see. So if you, next week is the episode of which you and I fight for no reason. Boom. Uh, all right. So what about uh, weapons charges? NFL over or under? Ooh, that's a tough you got to you got to remember that Plaxico Burris exists. <laughs> and we just. Plaxico Burris is the New the New York Giants guy that took the gun into the to the nightclub and tucked it into the the sweatpants the the waistband of his sweatpants he was wearing to a nightclub and accidentally shot himself. Right, and we also just went through it here in downtown Cincinnati with Joe Mixon apparently brandishing a weapon in a road rage incident. Shit, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say NFL is under. Oh man, over they can afford guns, Kiefer. Well, yeah. Well, just because they can afford them doesn't mean doesn't mean you're right, that you're right. people that yeah. can't afford them don't have them. NFL 5.3% of arrests, which is not that many folks. Like we're talking about, we're probably only talking about like one guy versus the general public, 1.27%. All right. Uh, these are the big three: theft. Robbery and burglary. Now, let me delineate these for you as a fireman. Theft is just taking shit. Robbery is actually like using force or coercion to mug somebody or to like rob a bank. You know, they're like they're literally pointing a gun at someone or something like that. Burglary is breaking and entering. It's entering into a dwelling to for the purpose of depriving property, but you're not necessarily interacting with a person. But those are all kinds of crimes of taking shit. Sometimes you're you're hurting a person in the process, and sometimes you're not but those are all grouped together for this one. Theft, robbery, burglary, NFL over or under. I think they have to be under. That has to be under. Good job. 2.6% for the crimes of thievery versus 13.77% in the general public. The general public by and large is committing these crimes and very few NFL players are doing it. You can imagine they would have almost no reason to take things when they have that much money. Right. Uh, they would no reason to do that. <laughs> all right. Uh, sex offenses, NFL over or under. Ooh. There's been a lot that have been accused. Maybe not convicted, but accused. Just arrest. Just arrest. When I said accused, I meant arrest. But uh, I'll go under. Oh, over. But these are very small numbers. Keith, these are very small numbers. It's 1.43 to 0.54%. So we're talking about like the difference of like one guy. And for the record, folks, I had no idea this game was coming, but I like it. No, he had no idea. Even if I'm losing, I like it. He's doing okay. Plus, these numbers are based on like stats from like ten years ago, and uh, I mean, I'm gonna bring it all home and why it's relevant. But I, I also think it's interesting just to play a game and and to see yeah. just how how the NFL actually does compare to like the the common man. All right, uh, prostitution related. Over. 
Oh, yes and no. It's actually dead heat. Both are at 0.52%. So it's a tie. And you didn't know that ties were, were, were possible, even though you could have imagined in your brain that the exact same number of NFL players had come and people were arrested for that. I, I, didn't right, really, uh, I didn't really waste that much time on that one either. No. Let's do vandalism next. NFL, over or under? Under. Good job. Fraud, over or under? Over. Under. Gambling? Over. Over. Good job. Murder? <laughs> Uh, that, I feel like that's a trick one because all, all I have in my head is uh, Hernandez. Yeah. Well, he definitely skewed some stats there, didn't he? <laughs> uh, murder. Uh, Simpson, but this, these will go back to 2000. So. I think it's under. It's actually over. Um, I don't know why, how you could say that NFL players are like more likely than the more murder. murder. Yeah. I wonder if this is just like in Maryland. I want to know. I want to know. Or just a specific place. I want to know. It's cnsmaryland.org if you want to know. So (laughs) this could be, this could just be, uh, you know what this could be in retrospect? Uh, This could just literally be the Baltimore Ravens. (laughs) It all kind of fits. Like, yeah, of course, with Ray Lewis, of course, there's more murders than the common. Right. Hernandez and Lewis were were the two that I was thinking of, but I mean, Oh no! This is uh this is all United States men aged twenty one to thirty four percentage of total arrests. All right. This, all the right. sources on this are USA Today, National NFL did, Arrest Database, and the Bureau of Justice Statistics. However, statistics to prove anything, but let's uh let's go for the tiebreaker because right now you're completely tied. All other crimes combined, NFL higher lower, like any crime we didn't mention. NFL over under. Under. Good job. I think you just proved, even though we have like not, this is not rigorous scientifically that the NFL by and large uh, is uh, generally more well-behaved. Let's talk about arrest by team. And this is kind of where we bring it all together. These are statistics from 2000 to 2014. Uh, the Vikings led the, led the NFL in arrests, not convictions, arrests at 47. Broncos second at 45. Bengals third at 43. Bucks. 35 titans at 34 it continues on down uh dallas uh, what what was this what was this time frame again this is 2000 to 2014 but i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this forward to today with more statistics okay. i was hoping the Bengals would be first because i thought we i know you were hoping that i thought uh, we the were reason, to be honest with you but the reason i say that is so we're looking at statistics from 2000 to 2014 well we're 14 years on from that right so this is only like a halfway point between 2000 and today Here's the statistics that go all the way up till today. And we can see that Minnesota, Denver, Cincinnati, uh, still leading uh, the way in numbers of arrests. This date range goes all the way up to the day that we record this. We could see that uh, Jacksonville and Kansas City uh, have uh, surpassed the Buccaneers and the Titans in numbers of arrests. But if we look at this, we could see that DUIs are probably the number one thing that these guys are being charged for. I'm not surprised that that's top in Minneapolis, if you think about it, you have nothing to do there the entire football season except drink and drive because it's so, say, cold, so cold. Go ahead. Let, let, let me say the, the DUI arrest to me is the dumbest arrest for an NFL player because every team has people on the payroll to pick the players up. I know this. I've been told this. It's by true. NFL players. 
they have people that are available 20 it's their own uber so like cincinnati back in the day we had odell thurman who was a badass linebacker who was killing it in 2005 where that was going to be quote-unquote our year we had a great team and gets picked up for a DUI, and then he he ended up shitting the bed and, and becoming a roofer after all of it was said and done. You have people on the fucking payroll to pick you up. You're going to these clubs. You're going to go do whatever rich people do. Cool. Go do it. Make the phone call. But these idiots get in the car and get a DUI. Now, full disclosure, I have a DUI on my record. I'm not I'm not innocent of this, but I don't have the means outside of Uber now, but when I could have called a cab, I, you know, whatever. But these these sons of bitches have so much money and have free access. I just don't understand the DUI part. I just don't. I, I and I never will. Yeah, you know, with these yeah, you know, when you have people on the payroll to pick you up. I completely agree. It's it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, you, you, the thing is, is you look at like the case of the guy from Las Vegas. Uh, he was driving a sports car at hundreds of miles an hour, like, yeah, like 125 miles an hour. When they went, you know, which is too fast by some people's standards. Um, but anyway, <laughs> some of us get to choose how fast we drive. Not that I have uh, ever driven that fast. Uh, question mark. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's not it's not just about convenience, Keith. When they leave. They're uh, they're drunk. They're rowdy. They're not making good decisions. They're they're being disorderly. They're doing other stuff. So it's not just that. But they go out and jump in their cars. It's thoughtless behavior. Again, we're talking about uh, you know twenty year old guys, and there's no excuse. I'm not saying they're off the hook because they're twenty. I'm saying they're largely immature. Like, look at you. You, you know, you're pushing fifty. You know how to make good decisions. These guys. <laughs> you should see his face. Uh, these these guys. Uh, you know, who are in the NFL, particularly the guys who are just doing the three year career. All of a sudden, they have millions of dollars. They're it's the fact that that one's so high, though. That's that's what shocks me. Is that one yeah. is the highest one? DUI is is the is the crime that they are arrested for the most. I also want you to just look across the board here. All the teams with like uh, with Jacksonville being an obvious outlier. It seems like the teams that are that are up north and is and where it's cold and there's nothing to do in the season. That's where it's at. Like Minnesota, Denver, Cincinnati, obviously very cold. Jacksonville, like I said, is the outlier. Kansas City is pretty cold. Cleveland. Tennessee, not that cold. Tampa Bay, definitely not that cold. But Indianapolis, Seattle, uh, it seems like a lot of the teams that are based up north have a lot more of that. Whereas we look at the bottom, we've got Los Angeles, Houston, uh, Detroit is notoriously near the bottom, I, you know, which is an, another outlier and kind of surprising. You think that there would be more uh, arrests by Detroit Lions players, but it's just not happening. That, is, that um, is shocking, to be honest. I don't know. Philadelphia, New York, I think there's maybe a correlation there, not necessarily causality, but I think it could just be that if you're up north or if you're someplace where it's cold, there's nothing much to do other than drink a drive. Some other cool stats, top crime categories, like I said, DUIs, uh, 257 arrests since 2000, drugs at 131, domestic violence, 129, assault and battery, 120, and license or traffic issues, 72. So somehow traffic tickets are in the top five for NFL. Yeah, the license and traffic issue, I think, is a dumb that's a dumb stat to even keep. Well, why are you being arrested for license or traffic issues? It's almost like you've got to be driving pretty bad. You know, you've got to be you've got to be driving recklessly to be arrested. You've got to be speeding. Uh like we just said about uh, rugs that you know, doing 125 down the interstate. That's like that's the only time they'll arrest you for speeding is if it's you know, reckless driving, uh, something that's incredibly right. high. Here's your top players. 
Uh, Adam Pac-Man Jones leads the NFL in all-time arrests. It's a great stat. And then there's Alden Smith. You may not know who he is, but he played for the Cowboys. And uh, I'm working. Right I'm player. working on him as a guest, by the way. It's, I know you are. Still in uh, works. Here's the picture that I was forced to get off my phone and find a way whilst talking to put it on there. That's him and Pac-Man Jones. He's a Pac cowboy. Man. He loves Jerry Jones. I figured you'd like that. I would love to talk to Pac-Man Jones. He looks very relaxed. Uh, you look happy as well. Both of he you look very super happy. relaxed, and I was yeah. You look feeling happy no as well. pain. We were good. You were at about a point one. Alden Smith, great player. Um, yeah, he's uh, he, he Alden Smith is was a great player who said uh, I'm give I'm retiring from the NFL because my life is uh, being committed to drugs. He literally got got on the on uh, Instagram and said I'm I'm quitting the NFL because I'd rather smoke pot. And I don't know how you um, get to the point where you have been training and and working so hard to be a world-class athlete of that level and uh, just give it all up because uh, that's more important to you. I don't know. Pe people go through things in their lives and I don't understand. I've said on multiple platforms before that I don't fucking understand anything about drugs. Gabriel, before we close it out. Well, I'm not sure if I should, uh, if it's accolades or not, but we had two Bengals on that list. Yes. Good job. I mean, you know, stats are stats, right? Mr. Mr. Chris Henry, RIP, who uh, fell fell out of the back of a truck while he was fighting with his wife. But little fun fact, I don't know if, John, if you know this, but Adam Jones kind of took Chris Henry's, both of his boys under his wing, both phenomenal athletes. One just committed to Ohio State, the older one. Um, but yeah. So that you just reminded me of something awesome that we should both talk about with respect to crime before we move on. Ezekiel Elliott. No, you're I know you're a big Zeke fan because you're an Ohio State fan. Yes, sir. Allegedly, question mark, committed some kind of crime or something while he was at Ohio State. Goes on to the NFL, his second season. He, he takes the rushing title the first year, his second season, 2017. He suspended six games for what allegedly occurred at Ohio State. I know that we're like eight years behind on, on this story. Uh, but right. what did you think about that, that he was punished for something that happened before he was ever in the NFL? What would you think as a firefighter if you were told you were suspended for uh, you know six weeks without pay because in your previous life as a manager of a Denny's, you know, somebody, uh, you, you assaulted somebody in the bathroom. Two middle fingers. Two middle fingers to uh, to Denny's for putting you in a position where you had to fight people or, or to your, uh, two, to your fire. Two middle fingers for me getting punished later. That's how I felt at the time. You know, the NFL was trying to, to virtue signal saying, hey, we take domestic violence complaints. Uh, seriously, we're going to punish you for something that happened before you even got here. I think even in, even in the law, there's a statute of limitations. There is. I mean, and that's exactly right. So they're not doing criminal law. They're taking you know, they're basically using their power as a corporation. They're making their own law. They, to they make their employees. own law. And that's what could happen to Zay Flowers. What I'm worried about with Zay Flowers, just to bring it all home, mm -hmm. is that Zay Flowers may not have done anything. In fact, our system presumes that he's innocent. So if we're going by the system, the system says Zay Flowers didn't do anything. Why? Because no prosecutor has made that case to convince a jury. So if we're just going by the system and we're not looking at any of the evidence, this is not a courtroom. I know that I have presented myself as an attorney pretty much this entire time. <laughs> Zay Flowers has committed no crime. 
right? He's not committed a crime in the eyes of the law, but somehow the NFL is going to sit down and look at the evidence and they're going to possibly make a case out of Zay Flowers, which some of the other statistics I saw was we saw that domestic abuse was very high amongst players. One of the most, uh, by position, one of the most arrested players in the NFL is wide receiver. So Zay Flowers is right at the intersection of worst crime and worst position. So he's very, very likely for them. Statistically, they're very likely to make an example out of him. Face yeah. sanctions, including fines, penalties, suspensions, and he may not have done anything. But somebody who knows Zay Flowers, let's just, we can speculate here because I can use plenty of question marks. Let's say somebody knows Zay Flowers, knows that he's a millionaire, uh, plays for the Ravens. They just went to the AFC Championship. Could be that they know, again, just like Vince McMahon or just like a media company, that if you open up a lawsuit, it's going to be settled. You're going to get some money to make it all go away. Somebody goes after, say, Flowers. They get a payout to make it go away. Um, and then the NFL is able to look at it. I have to say, like, we, we should we should definitely do the true crime case of that uh, punter by the Bills who got, uh, who got cut from the team for his allegations of sex assault, which he then... Uh, fought in court and won. Yeah, and then and then sued the 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 female who <laughs> who made the allegations against him, and she basically got on. She was defeated so badly, she basically had to elocute to the fact that it was all bullshit, and um and it was all made to go away. I think I think that's actually the case we should cover next week. I'm going to try to become an expert on that in one week's time. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, look at it too. No, that's intriguing, and yeah, it, it's all fun and games. You can go out and say some shit, but if you can't prove it. And the fact that it's not proven in a court of law or, you know, he, you know, his case, you know, Flowers case got suspended. There, there's not enough. So why, why is his workplace slash league? We'll just call it the workplace punishing him. Yeah. If he didn't do anything, if a court of law that governs all of us, you know, Roger Goodell is is under the court of law of this country. Why why is why is this guy if they didn't if if somebody a grand jury didn't find enough evidence, which I've sat on a grand jury, I know how it works. If they didn't find enough evidence, you're free to go. So it would it would be different if it around, wasn't I would turn around if they do if they do this won't happen, but you know, if the NFL does do something to him, if I were him, I would turn around and sue them. Makes sense to me. Uh, you know, if it, if especially if this is just based off of allegations, you know, essentially he said, she said, and there's no evidence, like there's no video or anything like that, and they're going to punish him based off of somebody say so, uh, that would be a huge problem. You would hope that they would be more judicious than that, but we'll see what happens with, say, Flowers. Like Roger I said, Goodell just, is not the school principal, and neither is Manfred for, you know, the MLB. You're not the school principal. You're you're a figurehead, but the court of law covers you know covers all of this. So if if I'm exonerated, I don't want to use the word exonerated, but if I'm found that there's not enough evidence for what I'm accused of, you can't punish me. And that's where the players' unions need to get involved and fight for them. So I I completely agree. If we if we'll see what happens. If our criminal justice system is uh, innocent until proven guilty, and they can't, they don't have enough evidence to even take uh, it, to get an indictment. Which you can indict in a ham sandwich. You can convince a jury that there's enough evidence to proceed to trial. If they can't even get an indictment on him, there's no reason why he should be facing sanctions in the NFL. That's his livelihood. That's his livelihood, and what we say: the average was three years. I mean, granted, some guys go a lot longer, but that's his livelihood. 
Yeah, you know? and 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 defamation lawsuits. Like uh, just to bring it all home, you know, uh, now that uh, he's been sus- accused of something, and he may actually face suspensions or sanctions, which for NFL players are li- largely money based. Yeah, uh, you could you could if he faces a uh, sanctions that reduce his income or his playtime or whatever i think he should absolutely sue here's the problem keith uh can't get blood from a stone the person who's suing him may have nothing to lose may have one of those attorneys where you know you only get we only get paid if you win that could be that type of situation you never know (laughs) right let's uh let's uh before we close out the show let's talk about the no fun league i was watching an episode of pat mcafee not long ago pat mcafee's one of my favorite players sports commenters but he's not right all the time Pat McAfee recently said that he was glad that the NFL looks like, uh, although it's the competition committee is currently looking at adopting a rule from the 2020 XFL regarding kickoffs. Uh, he says that uh, he's glad that the NFL may not be adopting the XFL rule. Let's talk about this a little bit. First of all, uh, I was forced to watch Super Bowl 30 this past January because that was the only Super Bowl that could make me feel good. I was watching lots of kickoff returns in the Super Bowl from 1995 in which the Cowboys defeated the Bills. And it was one of the most exciting plays. And I realized, you know, I haven't seen those plays in a long time. And I was thinking back to like Devin Hester, 2007, 2008, how electric he was on those returns. Devin Hester Um, was awesome. He was amazing. You know, this past Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and and San Francisco 49ers for the first time in Super Bowl history, there were no kickoff returns. This was the seventh longest game in terms of playtime. You would think we would have tons of kickoffs or punts, and there were no returns. This is because of uh, the new fair catch rule that places the ball at the 25-yard line. Basically, if the ball's coming down and the return man sees it, he can catch it, waves his hand. No matter where he's at, it's just going to go to the 25. The fair catch rule was unanimously opposed by special teams coordinators last season before the rule was implemented. That's according to uh, the NFL Network. Where did this all come from? Uh, in 2011, the NFL's competition committee voted to moving the kickoff from the 30 to the 35. So they moved it forward on the field. This was designed to increase the number of touchbacks. Basically, the ball goes down in the end zone. Nobody touches it. The ball just goes straight out to the line for the touchback, which has moved over time as well. Uh, which, what is it now, Keith? It's the 25, the 30? I think uh... it's the 25. It used to be the 20, and now it's the 25. Yes, yeah, 20. So so that's another reason why you would not want to encourage a return is between the fair catch rule and then the touchback going to the 25. You're not seeing a lot of that. Why was that? They were looking to reduce the number of returns and injuries, again, watering down the NFL game. The NFL saw kickoff returns as the plays where most injuries occurred, particularly for head and neck injuries. That's according to John Harbaugh, the former NFL coach. Here's the problem with that. As Mike Florio, I believe, uh, observed, is like, so you think you think people are getting concussed on this play, but how can you say that unless they're literally laid out on the field at the exact moment during a kickoff return? You have no idea when they're concussed. If someone has a concussion, or they're showing symptoms, sometimes it's hard to tell which play they were concussed on unless you could see them like leading with the helmet or you saw some sort of obvious thing. So I think that the data on that might be at least questionable. Uh, Lovey Smith, another NFL head coach who's constantly kind of going through the cycle of being hired, fired, and rehired again, uh, said it was the most exciting play in, play in the game. What has happened now with the fair catch rule? We have effectively removed the kickoff return aspect of the game. One of the most exciting aspects. It was, uh, if you recall, Kiefer, it was one of the ways in which a team that's really down and running out of time on a game can really swing the momentum of the game. In one single play, they can receive uh, the ball and run it all the way down the field to get them set up for a field goal or to get, you know, they can even run it back for a touchdown. So touchbacks won't weigh up. Devin Hester hated the rule. 
Uh, he said the players still want to return the ball from deeper in the end zone. He didn't think that would have any outcome. The truth is, is that it did increase the number of touchbacks. So the NFL wanted to remove concussions and injuries from the game, and they did that by eliminating returns entirely. And I can say that with conviction because, like I said, we just had the Super Bowl, and we didn't have any of those. So Pat McAfee gets on TV and he goes, thank God we're not adopting the 2020 XFL rule. Now, what did that look like? I'm going to show you that in a second. But basically, you had uh, the two teams. You had 10 players on either team line up about five yards apart. You had a kicker behind them. And uh, on the opposite end, of course, you had the return man behind the, the line of scrimmage. So most of the players would come together and collide and block and try to open up routes to travel for the return man so that the, the speed of the collisions was slower while the guy who has carrying the ball is still running at high speed. So that he has an incentive. He can run down the field. Uh, he can actually make, make some traction. Uh, it, it, this is an alternative to a touchback or a fair catch where basically nothing happens. You can go pee or get, get some chips and beer or whatever, or try to, try to regress towards point point one. Um, and, uh, the play is effectively rendered neutered. Pat McAfee doesn't want to see us go to this. You'd see here that the ball gets kicked off. The two teams are kind of lined up in the middle of the field. The return man's got the ball. Uh, he runs, he's able to run right through and he makes some yardage this ball is down at about the 31 yard line in my opinion uh that's better than a touchback here we have another kickoff return this is the st louis battlehawks they were the first xfl team to do this but the return man has the ball he's running at full speed he's actually able to run a reverse he runs it all the way down to the 30 the 40 the 50 the 40 the 30 he could go all the way look at that 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 play is so much fun and that's something that the XFL was doing in 2020. They're not do doing it this year because the XFL and USFL have merged. So they had to kind of like figure out compromises on rules. The USFL was a much more traditional league in terms of their, their rules. The XFL was much more experimental in terms of what they were willing to do. But the NFL is looking at these types of plays and saying, you know, this is not for us. And I say, just look at this play where we have a return man running downfield Here's a player for the, uh, I believe at this time, the Dallas Renegades. He's able to uh, run through holes, find a seam, run all the way down the field uh, for a touchdown. This really is one of the most exciting plays in football, and you didn't see any of these in what was a relatively boring Super Bowl. Keith, we already covered the Super Bowl. We already classified it as very boring. Pat McAfee says he doesn't want to see this. You got to remember something about Pat McAfee. First of all, I love Pat McAfee's personality. I loved him as a player. Uh, He's probably like one of the most electric sports commentators out there. In fact, he's probably the main reason why nobody watches this show is because they watch Pat McAfee. <laughs> you got to remember that 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 Pat McAfee is the person in this in these situations that's kicking the ball. For him, touchbacks is a statistic. Him being able to kick the ball far enough that it lands in the end zone is basically a mark of pride for him that he can kick it that far. That he's not he's not kicking a ball that can be returned. So if you're someone that likes Pat McAfee and you like his take on things, you just have to be, be careful here because what Pat McAfee is, is actually advocating for when he says he wants touchbacks, when he wants a kicker to be able to do that, is that he wants a more boring game. Pat McAfee is saying, I want a, I want a Super Bowl in which we have no returns at all, which no reasonable fan of a fun football game can say that, right? I've I'm showing you this footage of the XFL having all these fun football, these fun return games really putting the special in special teams. And so I just wanted to say that, that Pat McAfee is wrong about this. Why is he wrong? Uh, first of all, because it's exciting. But he's also wrong because he sits there and admits that, that not having any kickoff returns in the Super Bowl is a mistake. His, his solution to this, 
I love Pat McAfee, but he is not a lawyer. He says, have all the players sign basically waivers saying, we acknowledge this is a dangerous sport and we're not, we promise not to sue. The problem with that is, is if just like an NDA, I love how today's show is just perfect thematically. If you if you <laughs> sign a waiver, a waiver of injury saying, I'm going to go do these kickoff returns and I promise not to sue the NFL for any grievous injury that I incur on these plays. The problem is that even though you sign that document, you could still take it in front of a judge and, and a judge can say, well, this player signed this document, but now he's confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. So obviously this document is unconscionable because we had no idea that he could be injured this badly. Uh, and a judge could say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to allow this lawsuit to go forward in spite of this, in spite of this clause of this contract sign, because the contract itself is not legally enforceable. It's unconscionable to say that a player could sign away his, his right to sue after he's left a, a quadriplegic or a paraplegic, right? So Pat McAfee's solution is to paper with it with a lawsuit. So that's never going to work, Pat McAfee. You can't have someone just signing NDAs to say that you can't disclose crimes and you can't have people signing waivers against, uh, you know, that are going to be bulletproof forever against injuries, particularly in, in, in egregious cases. What does Pat McAfee want to do? This well, is where and, we come and, back and to, to throw and to throw I, just a, a little little bit on there too. Is they're they're part of the the players association, which already have a contract. You're already under a contract. Yes, and the, 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 the only way to get all the NFL players to sign off on this would be to do it through the Players Association, right? You can't go around to like, what, how many players in the NFL? Like 1,212 or whoever it is um, and have it's them all sign Three times 32. Yes, plus, you know, yeah. And, and then you got, you know, uh, practice squad guys that are being right. elevated and things like this. And then free agents who come aboard and you just have to, having to constantly manage that. The best way to do that would be through the NFL's Players Association. But he, here's what Pat McAfee wants to do, and this is where you, me, and Pat McAfee can all finally agree. We ought to just do it the way that we used to do it because it was exciting. The USFL is going to be doing that. They're going to be kicking off from the 20. I don't know what their fair catch rule is. I have to look into that. But get, hopefully look forward to spring football. Hopefully we're going to look forward to some more of these uh, St. Louis Battlehawks uh, returning the ball, running it back. AJ, AJ McCarron's there. back there. Very exciting. I, I'm very excited about the XFL, the USFL. I'm just going to call it the XFL because UFL sounds weird to me. Um, but anyway, there's, there's quite a few players. There's, there's, thank you. There's quite a few players that are returning uh, from previous years in the XFL. Uh, XFL 2020 was like the thing I devoted my heart to, and then it was destroyed by COVID, and I'm still kind of like trying to emotionally recover from that. Uh, but next week we will get Kiefer. We will get him officially signed up with uh, with the USFL or XFL team. We'll get him committed to that so that we can start uh, start uh, prospecting. Hopefully, he and I are in different divisions. Hopefully, the outcome of our friendship will be divide, decided by the XFL championship game, which will be 10 weeks after the start of the season, or the, the playoffs will be 10 weeks after the start of the season. It's very exciting. Um, and I, I, I would like the NFL to start being fun again. I don't think it'll ever come back uh, in terms of kickoff returns. But guys like Devin Hester, you know, their, their careers uh, – curtailed or destroyed admittedly Devin Hester was on a downward slope when in 2011 when they made that real change but it's one of the most electric plays in football and it's gone by the wayside and uh you and me Kiefer as as free thinking people have allowed it to happen because we didn't protest in the streets like we ought to have and now we, we have had a super we've had a Super Bowl without a return and I don't know about you but that doesn't sit right with me no we we totally should have we should have we should have gotten this shit together earlier damn it there's always next year, though, because it'll probably be the same next year. <laughs> There's always next year, though. Let's uh, protest in the streets next year. Anything else, Keeper, before we close it out? 
No, I, uh, any, anybody that's watching this and, uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Please shoot us, shoot us topics that you, you want us to cover. Cause yeah, right now, like we said, we're, we're kind of in the, the purgatory of sports, Purgatory, but we're, uh, we're, you know, we're grabbing, you know, as many, uh, you know, articles and, and any news, hot button news items, but yeah, we got baseball coming up and a lot of people like baseball. Some people don't. But if there's something that you want us to cover that, that we can look at and you give us enough time to do it, we will we will definitely do that. And uh, just uh, th- throw some throw some prayers out to, to my partner, Rob, uh, from one morning I'm out of here, uh, Dan Carroll, Rob Herking, and myself. Just throw some pr- prayers out to him and his family. Uh, they need it. So, but uh, no, just make sure you download, uh, rate, <clears throat> excuse me, rate, review. Yeah. Do all the things. Show the uh, things sh- show Eric know. show Eric that we need to keep this sports show. And if you don't if you don't, then John and I are gonna be sleeping in a gutter. That's true. And possibly together. Um we could also just be forced <laughs> to do a different we could also just be forced to do a different topic. Uh, I think next week if we devote ourselves to true crime and sports, uh, I think we could possibly make some headway on that. That could be interesting. I think we could definitely send a message to Jakeeve twenty one. At, on Instagram, or you can reach me at difficult to look at pictures. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the Thursday show. We know that there's lots of choices out there for sports, including Pat McAfee. But I just want you to remember, Pat McAfee is uh, a brilliant sportscaster and a fun person to be around. I would love to have a beer with Pat McAfee. I'd be intimidated to do that. But he's not always. Uh, he's not. You're not necessarily as smart smarter than me. It's possible he, that he's not. He wouldn't let you. He wouldn't let you sign his chest. I guarantee it. That's true, Keith. That's why you and I have a special bond that transcends anything that Pat McAfee could do. See, that's why this works. It is. Thanks for watching the show, everybody. We hope you have a great uh, Thursday night. We'll be uh, catching you here next week. Tomorrow morning, we got uh, Eric. Tomorrow, we'll be covering a big case breakdown. Uh, Monday, Failure to Stop will be back with Uncuffed. On Tuesday, True Crime. Me and Kendra will be giving all the mystery, murder, and mayhem you need. Wednesday is all the news with Eric and Anthony. We'll be back here next week. We appreciate you watching the show. Uh, on my own behalf and no one else's because I hate that phrase so very much. Uh, Guns up, giddy up. Good night, America. We'll catch you next week.